Don't you wish you had booger power like that? Booger! Booger power. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 109 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is Lord Freaking Horstocles, baby. What's up, man? Oh, nothing much. I want I know this episode's gonna come out late, but I'm hoping everybody had a great happy Shaggin' Times Day. Shaggin' Times Day? You know what shagging is, don't you? Like British for sex. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> baby, let's go shag in the corner. <laughs> wow, my British is terrible. Oh, that's terrible, man. You've insulted everybody. <laughs> that's about as good as my Australian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know shagging time? It's it's a new name. I, you know, uh, freaking uh, the looker before he escaped left one of his magazines around. Donkey Punch Magazine, I think is what it was called. Donkey Punch Magazine. <laughs> yeah, I believe it was. Well, I had to take a, a shit. And so, since you can't take your phone in there, the magazine was there, so I picked it up and I read the article. That's not very sanitary, but okay. I know, but apparently, Shaggin' Times Day, everybody gets a piece of the action, because you're giving the women the stuff, and they give you the stuff. Uh, and the shaggin' wagon. Sure. It's romance. <laughs> it's love. Well, <laughs> for all our listeners out there, <laughs> uh, I hope you had a great Valentine's Day. I hope Shaggin' you, Times Day. I hope you took your date to see the Deadpool movie, because if you did anything else, you, you did it wrong. And uh, Nice. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on this episode. And one of my brothers had a cameo in that movie. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of pleas in that movie. Oh, <laughs> you gave it away. <laughs> I don't think it was a secret. We, everybody knows Deadpool rise unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> they just may not be expecting the way it happens. <laughs> so let's move on. we got a lot to go over today and not a lot of time to do it. We're a little pressed for time. Yeah, and it's late at night. It is late at night. Not, not our usual recording time, but Mm-mm. we are just crazy busy, so we kind of have to fit the show in wherever we can. And uh, unfortunately for us, it's Friday night at 10 p.m. So That sounds kind of dirty. Put it wherever you want to. Or put it wherever you can. Yeah, we got to fit it where we can. Whoa. <laughs> it doesn't go there. <laughs> There's sometimes the holes in our, our time slots are hey! big enough. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, let's talk this week's comics. Okay. What were your top three this week? Well, I'm going to do my best to explain because I know we probably got different lists here today since we're so pressed. My number two book was Spider-Man Deadpool number two by Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis. I actually did not get a chance to read this one, unfortunately, uh, but I'm sure it's good because Joe Kelly is one of my favorite Deadpool writers, and the original story arc in the first Deadpool volume, like the first 30 issues or so, um, he was the writer, and Ed McGinnis was actually the artist for probably the first 10 or 12, so it's kind of cool to see them reunited, and uh, I can only imagine how good it is, so why don't you tell us about it? Well, first of all, let me go ahead and preface this real quick. Actually, Joe Kelly is doing a good job, Uh, but I really, really like Ed's art. Oh, he's an he's a icon. I never it. really... <laughs> I, I feel bad. I didn't really know Ed McGinnis. I'd like to get him on the show now. Uh, I mean, just wow. It's really good art. He's too big for us. Oh, he's too big? <laughs> yeah. Nice. We don't fit his... It <laughs> <laughs> <We don't, laughs> doesn't fit our whole... No. <laughs> but anyway, okay, I digress. Picking up from book one where Deadpool has been paid by somebody to kill Peter Parker because Peter Parker is like a bad guy. And uh, because apparently he's doing some bad experiments that Peter Parker doesn't even know. We know Peter's not doing this. Right. He has other people in his company that are doing things that are underhanded and maybe doing like human experiments that he wouldn't sign off on. Right. And as you know, Spider-Man is like the bodyguard of Peter Parker now. That's known. 
that's that's the image he presents to the world. Yeah. But really, Peter Parker is Spider Man. Of course, we know. That. Newsflash! Spoiler. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's not Spider Man anymore because it's like eight thousand running around in New York now. Well, he's still the Amazing Spider Man. Okay, well, you know the other Spider Man's there now. You know Miles Morales. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of cool though because he's like no, I, I like I like Miles Morales. I'm just kidding. But there's too many Spider Man. I agree. Bastard, you're a spider racist. <laughs> Yeah, I hate them all. Let's, nice. just, let's wipe them out, fucking spiders. Just wait till Spider Gwen shows up. Well, I, I hate her for different reasons. <laughs> but I'm digressing your discussion. Yes, I so. know. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, so it picks up there. Uh, Spider Man's doing his thing, talking to Miles, or Miles hears something going on, and you see Deadpool choking a guy trying to get Spider Man's attention because he's trying to tell him, look, hey, man, Peter Parker's a bad guy. He's up to no good. And he's like, no, he's not. He does everything fine. So they have a little discussion, Peter leaves. Well, Deadpool's talking to Shikla that night, and uh, Shikla's telling him, well, you know what? If he's guilty, then kill him. If he's not, then go kill the guy who paid you to kill him. Figure it out. That's how simple it is. But then he winds up fighting. Uh, he tricks Spider-Man to come again. They wind up teaming up, and then Spider-Man and Miles are talking. Well, this is before Deadpool arrives. Spider-Man and Miles are talking, and all of a sudden, it's like 8,000 green goblins in the sky throwing shit at him and everything else. Like, they're fighting them and trying to stop them and figure out what was going on. And Deadpool shows up, and he like helps him, but he sticks uh, the Spider-Mans with stuff, and they're like, Whoa, what the hell? You saved us. Because they were hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Well, you find out that there was some kind of drug or something has been introduced into one of the new technologies that he was doing. Uh, someone manipulated and reversed it. And you find out it's, oh, Fishbowl himself. You know who Fishbowl is? Mysterio. Yeah, Mysterio's back. Yeah. And so <laughs> Deadpool. Uh, we haven't seen him in a really long time. Yeah, well, he's back. He's back okay. and with a vengeance. And so Deadpool has a spider buggy. Which he now calls the Deadpool buggy. Of course. And so they're riding around, and Spider-Man's in there with Miles, and, and Deadpool keeps on always cracking on him. Look, the, the grown-ups are talking, you know, hush. <laughs> anyway, so they crash into the building, and Peter tells him to hit it. And so Deadpool steps on the gas and runs over Mysterio. <laughs> and uh, it's like, that's not what I meant. You said hit it. Hit it means hit the brakes. You didn't say that. I said that 20 minutes ago, and it flashes back. Look, I told you to stop. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so they wind up fighting Mysterio. They beat him, and both Spider-Men leave. And Deadpool's like, okay, that's cool. So I guess Peter Parker's not really that bad. But he has an idea. He goes back into the building to see something. And he finds a bunch of secret fucked up experiments. This guy with no arms, no legs. And they're doing shit to him. It's really bad. It's, and they're wearing Peter Parker's stuff. His uh, clothes, his company's clothes. So Deadpool's like, y'all can scream or not scream. I don't care. It's going to, you know, whatever. So he does this thing, kills him. And then he contacts the guy who I can't figure out who the hell it is. I thought it was a Taskmaster, but I'm not too sure. Huh. He's like. I'm definitely going to read he's it. He's like, fucking Peter Parker's to going to die. He's yeah. an evil son of a bitch. And right. that's where it ended. But, but it shows you the size profile of the guy. And I don't know who the fuck it is. That's why I was hoping you got a chance to look at it. Because uh, I like, who is this guy? I'll, we'll look at it after the show. I'll, I'll tell but, you. But it's is. pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, lot, a lot of action flying around. And, and I really like, you know how much I love Deadpool and Spider-Man together. Yeah. It's really cool. You know. And cool. Parker actually kind of like gives Deadpool his number. I mean, excuse me, not Parker. Spider-Man, <laughs> well, Peter Parker. Gives Deadpool his phone number so he doesn't have to like choke it's him. It's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't have to choke him. Yeah. Choke a citizen to get his attention. Right. That's how he gets his attention. He goes, I got your attention without killing anybody. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was already up there. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my number two. What was your number two? Uh, my number two was actually Batman number 49 from Scott Snyder and James Tenney and the fourth. They're the writers. I didn't get to see that and, one. And uh, Yannick Paquette is the artist. Huh. So this is Bruce Wayne becoming Batman again. Damn it. I didn't get to see that one. Pissed um, me. He goes to the Wayne Manor and he's talking to Alfred and Alfred is fighting him tooth and nail. Saying you're Bruce Wayne, you're you've got a new chance at life. You don't need to go back to being this. Stay out of the the cave. Like he's forcing him to like stay away from the clock. And Bruce is like, I know there's something behind the clock. I may have forgotten almost everything, but I still know how to read people. And when we talked about this before, 
you were definitely trying to keep me from going down looking what was behind the clock. I have to see. And so he pretty much forces Alfred out of the way. Like he pushes Alfred. Well, hell, Alfred's like 185 years old. Shit. Well, not this Alfred. Not so much. I mean, he's the one that got his hand cut off and everything before, too. Yeah, but Alfred's still old. He's still old. Yeah. I mean, he's no match for Bruce Wayne <laughs> or Batman, but still. You oh, know, I'm confused. That's somebody that matters <laughs> to him, so he's not going to hurt him on purpose. But uh-huh. pushes him out of the way, goes in the cave, and uh, he finds this machine that Alfred was talking about before where he could take all of his stored memories. Because before Batman died, he basically put all of the memories from his head into this machine and then had a plan to restore them to himself via lost them. Gotcha. Um, and they tried it out on some tests and, and some dummies or whatever, but it kept ending up that whatever test subject they used ended up brain dead. Like you could not inherit all of Batman's knowledge without dying. Wow. Like it's just too much for one person to live with. Cause he's got a bad brain. Well, the only person that is actually capable of living with it is Bruce Wayne. Obviously mm-hmm. thing is Alfred never wanted him to go back. So Alfred destroyed all the data. Oh, shit. So Bruce is like, look, if Batman really is who everybody says Batman was, then he had a failsafe for this. He had a backup because he's Batman. Like, he, he, had, yeah. to, he had to think three steps ahead of you, Alfred. He had to know uh-huh. that you were going to try to protect him if it, if it came to this. So he starts talking to the computer, and, you know, the computer recognizes his voice, and he finds the backup. It's there. And it's called the Alfred Protocol. <laughs> like he, knew, <laughs> he knew exactly what was going to happen. That's awesome. So he loads it up, and they keep trying to infuse Batman's memories into Bruce's head. And every time they do it, he gets really close to brain death, and they stop. And then he does it again, and it's a little bit worse, and they stop. And Alfred's like, I'm not going to keep doing it, sir. Like, you're going to die. He's like, I will not be the person who kills you. And Batman keeps having visions of, like, this weird... I don't really know how to describe it, but it's kind of like... Um, compartmentalized versions of everything that's ever happened to him. It's like this world inside of his head of all the things that Batman is and all the things that inspired him to be Batman and all the things that Batman could become and all the past cases he's had and all the future cases he's going to have. And he's kind of navigating all of it when he's inside of this, um, this mode where he's learning everything. Um, but it's too much for one person to, to take on. Like I said, so, uh, his girlfriend as Bruce Wayne, remember the girl that he was dating? Yes. She followed them in there and she's like, I can do it. She's like, I love you, Bruce. And he's like, I love you too, but saving the world, saving the city is more important. I have to do this. And so she said, she convinces Alfred to let her be the one that pushes the button the final time, uh-huh. pushes it, and he goes brain dead. Oh, shit. And right when he goes brain dead, she pushes it again, and it jump starts him, and he, he wakes up, and Alfred's like, Bruce, Bruce, are you okay? And he's like, we can talk about it in the car. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's back, man. Freaking A. It's so good. So that means the Joker will be back soon. I I can only imagine, right? Of course. Because <laughs> they need each other. That last issue was pretty crazy, too, with the Joker. Uh-huh. Like, threatening to shoot himself. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, I loved it. Um, this is, what, Scott Snyder only has two more issues left of Batman. So he's going to show him coming back into his former glory and, like, going after Bloom and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. And, you know, I'm really excited to see the end of his run. So he'll kick Bloom's ass and that'll be it. Probably so. I mean, Jim Gordon is failing. I'm bad guy. So I'm real excited to see Bruce back. That's true. So that was my number two. Sweet. What was your number one? <laughs> number one, I'm still in the Star Wars phase, baby. <laughs> Darth Vader number 16 by Kieran Gillian and Salvador La Roca. Yeah, I still didn't get to any of the Marvel books, so unfortunately I haven't gotten to this one yet. This picks up where Darth Vader was fighting the other guy, uh-huh. the the dude that looks like uh, uh, Admiral Akbar, 
It has like multiple arms. They were having that lifesaver. Right, right, yeah. And so Vader kicks his ass. So he throws him and he goes, he tells, Emperor, I know you were looking for him. Here he is. Boom, throws him on the ground, like cut in half and shit. He goes, if you really want to test me, send somebody better. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so the Emperor tells him he needs to go to this planet who's like their main supplier of the metallic materials and all kinds of crap they need for like the Death Star and all this other crap. Uh-huh. You need to go here because the queen is having an issue. There's an uprising. Uh, so the queen needs your assistance. Okay, so I need you to go there and handle this for me. And Vader says something like, like a smart-ass comment back like, you sure about this? Like, why can't you do this? You know, he was being, he's being an ass because he realized he's, he's pissed off yeah. because the, you know, freaking emperor is like testing him and like he wants to kill him or whatever. So he's pissing him off. It's pr- pretty typical Sith behavior. Yeah. So <laughs> he snarks back, but then pretty much the, you know, the emperor tells him, you know, know your place. Does he break a bunch of consoles and like, no, no, he doesn't do the Kylo Ren. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> he said, pretty much told him to know his role and shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Vader being the Vader dog that he is, uh, obedient, took off. Yeah. And you find out that, remember his spy, the woman? Right. She's captured by the rebels. Okay, so yeah, that's the other part. That. I remember that. So anyway, so that's, that's the second story. But anyway, so he goes to the planet, talks to the queen, and the queen sees that you know, her city, they're under attack, and she's trying to stop him. She goes, we can't do this full frontal assault, Vader. No matter how strong you are, we can't beat him this way. She goes, it's not a full frontal attack. It was a distraction. He goes, he looks at the other person, is your stuff ready? Yes, Lord Vader. Do it. Blows up the freaking factory and some tremendous explosion, some citadel comes down. And the queen's like, oh, my God, we only have a few of those left. And Vader's like, we'll destroy them all. He goes, but we'll never build them again. And they'll never rise again either. Talking about the bad guys, like, holy fucking shit. Vader says, fuck that. You're going to learn. <laughs> learn from this, bitch. So then the queen, he's talking to her before he leaves. And he pretty much talks to her like a piece of shit. Like, you're, you're garbage. I know yeah. you're the queen, but you will well know your place. Yeah. So he walks out. And they go into, the, into a dark room. And she's like, Lord Vader, you need to quit talking to me that way. Yes, I'm this or whatever, and I understand that. But I'm the queen. If they don't see you respect me in front of them, then they won't respect me. So I need you to do you know this. He goes, fine. I will respect you so long as you understand this and this and that. He goes, good. That's the way. It, she says something about it, good. That's how it needs or something. And he goes, well, that's the way it's going to be. You know, he had the final word again. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Well, then you see him disappear off, and then here come those two killer droids. C-3PO looking like one guy's like, hey. If you want to really listen, Lord, I can give her a couple of cocktails and they'll make her a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more understanding. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. you can tell a lot better. It's like, no, 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 no. Have you done the other thing? So they hook up this rigging device. So it's, he's able to broadcast to a bunch of bounty hunters, a bunch of people, and he's like in disguised voice. So they can't tell his Vader. He goes, this woman here, blah, 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 has been captured by the rebels. She is my whatever. We need to get her back, dead or alive. It doesn't matter. And that's where it ends. So he called the bounty hunters down upon himself. About on his girl to get the girl back from the rebels. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. He doesn't care if she's dead or alive. Well, no, of course not, because yeah, she, she knows, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he's gonna wind up killing himself anyway, but still. I liked her. She's resourceful. Yeah, she was a really good character. This whole series has been great. So it was just like, damn. So Vader like punishes people by blowing shit up and teaching them you can't rise up and then he was ruthless. He how was. the hell does he get oh, okay, so now you track forward to a new hope. I don't understand how Vader got beat. <laughs> I really don't. How did oh, oh he had the father inside of him oh what a now I'm thinking New Hope was a lot of shit because <laughs> Vader should not have been well New Hope he didn't really have any right Return of the, Return of the Jedi excuse me I'm thinking to myself like really really there's no way in hell this super badass had any good in him yeah the, the super beautiful black man has a white guy in him is <laughs> a Nubian guy all right chasing Amy <laughs> how he got punked like that. Uh, it, it makes me, it really irritates me now because 
these books are so like, God damn, Vader's such a hard ass and such a badass. How the hell did he get beat? I think that's just something with the Skywalker lineage. Like their their whole lineage is built to balance the Force, which means they always have good in them, just like they always have evil in them, mm. and they're constantly fighting against whichever side they don't want to belong. So I think to. Kylo Ren is whatever. And, right, and that's why Rey I think is Ren Skywalker. is gonna, yeah. yeah, I think people are going to sway back and forth in that lineage. That's why Luke played with the dark side for a little while because he wants to. You can't say that on the show. <laughs> We're going back yeah, to happy, baby. Happy second time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming here. I'm using the force. That's I'm cool. on break. <laughs> That's cool. I have to read it. Uh, All right. What was your number one? Uh, my number one is actually spread number thirteen from Justin Jordan and Philippe Sobrero. Oh, tell us about the fat guy. Uh, so this issue is all about Jack. I actually kind of like this guy now more. Uh, he's the butcher from the town who was killing people that were undesirables and then mixing them into the chili and feeding them to the town. <laughs> That was disturbing when he first did that. Yeah, that was the punishment for people fighting or causing problems inside of his town. Yeah, but he ate the... He ate... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a big, fat cannibal. Yeah, uh, he's nice. All, he's she all, drives me crazy. <laughs> not, not, not a fine, young cannibal. Oh. A big, fat cannibal. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> it's a different, totally different. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> so anyways, uh, he's one of the few people in this world that's spread immune. You know, the, the spread is this giant thing that crawls across the world, and any people it comes into contact with, it takes over their body and absorbs them into itself and makes them part of the monster. He's one of the few people that can't happen to. Him and Hope. Him and Hope and No. Uh-huh. And uh, a few others. There's other people in the town that are that way, like the, the pretty boy who leads the army. The pretty boy. <laughs> um, so Jack, you know, it's the story of him starting out as a young kid whose dad was kind of... Like he, he was a father to him. He was a little bit rough with him, but he was also like, be a man. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to be disappointed in you for doing things that other people might look down on you for as long as you're doing them to improve yourself. Like, yeah, don't be a bitch is what he was telling him. <laughs> get in fights. Steal some shit. I don't care. He's like, as long as you're making your life better. But then he switched on him. He's like, don't do this. You do this. You're going to wind up dead or whatever. Right. He gets a little bit older and he's like, okay, well, now you're getting to the point where doing these things is going to cause you more trouble than it's worth. So I think what you should do is get out of here and like maybe join the military. So that's what he does. He joins the military and you know becomes a badass there, gets some like medals of honor, but he's still got that shady side to him. So he starts selling, you know, it starts out small, like cigarettes to the troops or, you know, porn or or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, it gets worse and he starts selling arms to like opposing forces and, and not, not like arm arms that comes later. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag the arm <laughs> That comes later for the chili But I'm talking like weapons oh. <laughs> He sells like bazookas and, and rocket launchers And shit like that To opposing forces uh, And makes himself A nice little stash of cash Of course And then his father dies So he goes back to town To visit And his whole family's like Not really sure They want him there Whatever And he doesn't really fit in And he decides that He's gonna do much better In criminal enterprise Than he ever would In the army So he leaves And goes and joins up With a biker gang For lack of a better word Or description I guess and uh, starts his own kind of criminal empire and becomes a kingpin. And then he gets arrested, which is something he never thought would happen because you know, if they ever check his ID or figure out who he is, they'll know he's AWOL and he'll be screwed for life. Uh, well, the spread happens while he's in jail. <laughs> and it comes and it wipes out everybody. And he's trapped in this little prison cell with a bunch of other people. Nobody comes to let him out because the cops all fled. So he's got to eat because he's, you know, he's got to survive. He's a survivor. And he's bigger than all the other people in there, so... I will survive! That's where his uh, cannibal origin started, is that he was forced to eat people to survive, so he ate all of his soulmates. That was a trip, (laughs) man. (laughs) And then uh, some guy just randomly shows up, the guy that uh, was with the kids before. Yeah. 
and convinces Jack that, you know, once they find out he's spread immune, that the two of them could work together to build something in this apocalyptic world. And they go and they build this town. And the story kind of ends right at the moment where No wanders into Jack's kitchen, which I thought was really cool that it kind of came full circle. Uh, I also liked a really interesting, like, little one-shot story at the end. Did you read that? No, I, I missed that. It was like two pages. Uh, it's it's no oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, hope, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the spread actually manages to knock no away from her, and they pick up hope, and they're trying trying to kill her or something, and she sneezes, and like her little boogers like fly out and hit the spread and just evaporate it, like it you know just gets incinerated, and uh, it's just really funny. <laughs> Don't you wish you had booger power like that? Booger, booger power. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I think I know the episode name. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> booger. So anyways, that was my number one. Uh, Justin Jordan's just doing great with Spread. I, I really love this series, and it keeps getting better and better. So, Are you actually writing that down? Yeah. <laughs> Booger power? Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, so that was my number one. What was your pick of the week? Pick of the week was Spider-Man 2099, number six, by Peter David and Will Sliney. I thought it was going to be a booger. <laughs> oh, no. <it's>, <laughs> no, man. Not right now. I do that right now. You're going to get blood. Because, you know, the weather going up and down here is killing yeah. my nose. Yeah, everybody. I'm going to wind up with a with a busted vessel in my nose and have to go see your ear, nose, and ass, doctor. I, I didn't realize your nose and your ass were connected. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, at least <laughs> mine aren't. Not, not, not directly, but. Uh, well, I meant ear, nose, and throat. Forgive me. Yeah, that makes more sense than ear, nose, and ass. <laughs> but, you know. You got your own physiology over there. I'm not going to question it. <laughs> anyway, Spider-Man 2099 picks up again from the last book uh, where he's dropping off Roberta, Roberta, you know, Miss Captain America. Right. And she has no clue who she is. Right. She's constantly reverting back to her human form, and her human form doesn't know that she's actually Captain America from the future. Yeah, so he's, like, giving all kinds of baloney BS. Like, you hurt yourself, you passed out, you hit your head, you can't go in the doctor. You're okay, you're fine. I just brought you home. I know where you live. How do you know where I live? Because I'm your employer. Employee records, la la la. So he takes her there. Meanwhile, there's an egg. There, not an egg. There is a thing of Terrigen mist. They have it, and Peter Parker gave it to uh, their uh, company to investigate, it, figure out what's going on with it. You know, because they figure out there's a way they can stop it and reverse the effects it's having on people. So one of the people, like what's Miguel's main girl, Rhonda, I think, is the one underneath him, right? Well, she's a lesbian. She's in. She's going with the other girl, who's the new expert, who's coming in to, to take a look at this egg. Mm-hmm. Well. Something happens, the gas like does its own thing and explodes and it comes out. And next thing you know, she's in an egg. She had the inhuman gene in her. The 2099 Captain America? No, 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 no. Whoever Miguel's assistant is, is number two. She is. She's an inhuman. She's a latent inhuman. No, 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 no. Not her. Not her. (laughs) The girl she's dating, some new physicist or some new doctor. So a completely new character. Yeah, well, you've seen her once or twice. You haven't really seen much of her. Okay. She comes in. To- I obviously didn't read this one either. Yeah, so no, I'm just sorry. To clarify I can't remember her freaking name. Anyway, she comes in. It doesn't really matter yet. She comes in and checks it out, and something happens, and the mist gets her, and then she's like, uh, 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 she falls down. And next thing you know, if they like, Miguel, you need to get back here like ASAP. Home, uh, home chick is in a cocoon. She's in an egg. What? So like, holy crap, she has the inhuman gene in her, and this is the other girl's girlfriend. And so they're like, oh, crap. Well, then all of a sudden, this dude busts out of nowhere. Some other inhuman guy, I don't know who the freak he is. This is coming with me. And so he starts fighting everybody. And so Miguel obviously becomes Spider-Man. And that guy uses like his mega beams or mega power, whatever. Things are going to stop him. And Miguel's like, really? That's how you got? It's like, the guy's like, what the hell? You should be down. You should be dead. And so they fight a little bit more. Miguel gets the egg. And the guy can teleport. So then he grabs the egg back and he teleports. And they're like on some freaking planet with like some volcanic crap. And it's like, he's like, what the shock? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the egg hatches. And she comes out, and she looks like Firestorm. 
Weird. Oh, it looks like a phoenix, actually. She looks like a phoenix. Okay. I mean, she's she has the she looks she's on fire, and she's like boom shaka waka. <laughs> she's like this, and she's like has flames. It's kind of interesting. Okay. It's like, what is this Johnny Storm? I mean, shit. That's weird. <laughs> she's heating up. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, but it was good. Because, I'm not giving it much justice because it's like someone else is inhuman. They're trying to figure out how to reverse the Terrigen Mist thing, and uh, the thing with Roberto not knowing who she is, and. Then the battle between Miguel and this guy, who I don't even know who this guy is. But this guy's pretty freaking strong. Hmm. And if it wasn't for Miguel's new suit, which he helps him fly to, a little bit he would be in trouble because he was going to drop it in a volcano. And he's trying to shoot his webs, and like, I don't think this web was going to hold. And it snaps. He goes, "Damn it!" And then he uses his boots to get out. <laughs> he goes, and the guy goes, "I can keep on throwing you back in there," <laughs> you know. <laughs> so they fight for it. it's a pretty good fight. Uh, but I just love Spider-Man 29. Uh, Peter David does such a great job with him, yeah. and I can relate to the character a little bit, not because I'm Spider-Man, but not because I'm Miguel, but it's his... <laughs> now, now you're Spider-Man? Not Spider-Man. <laughs> horse the man. <laughs> no, 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 spider no. Spider-horse, spider-horse. No, you know what I mean. I just like the character. I really sure. do. It's, it's one of my favorite Spider-Man. I, I agree. Spider-Man, 29.9, Kane, and even I like Miles Morales now, too. It's, you know, I'm down with it. Sure. So, yeah. Anybody with spider Gwen's fine with me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm really not, really kind of tired of spider Gwen. I'm so, Silk now. so burned out on her, yeah. Uh, Silk was pretty good. I think as long as they take her back to like she was doing with the last book with her and Spider Man, I'm good with it. Yeah. And they keep her there. But if they make her like all can't be stupid again, nah, pff, I'm, I'm done. But anyway, that was Fair my enough. pick of the week. So, what was yours? Um, my pick of the week is actually Black Science number 20 from Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera. You racist bastard. Uh, we haven't talked about Black Science in a while because it has been so confusing to read. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell is going on. Did they make it home yet? No. They're not even close to making it home. How many dads are there now? Well, everybody died pretty much. Like there, there was, was that plague? Well, yeah, the plague and the planet and those uh, like centipede creatures that attacked him and wiped half of them out or whatever. <laughs> and uh, the only one that survived really was Grant. And he went into the future and uh, went to like the center of some place and, and just he's been away for a while. So this book takes place three years later. Oh, good Lord. Like time's gone by. Grant's got a huge ass beard. Now he's like, I, I finally have a deeper understanding of the pillar. So they're going to do this bullshit where he goes back into time and to try to fix things before it even happens. So he can save his family again. Right. He's trying, oh, Lord. he's trying to go around and destroy all the other pillars first. Uh-huh. He's going to go dimension hopping and stop anybody else from using the pillar so that he, he's the only one that has control so that he can go back and prevent the events that, led to his whole family getting killed. That's cool, but with the knowledge he has, but he's by himself. Has he not figured this out every time he goes to where the pillar's at? These people are stronger than him. But there was a grant in every single reality where there was a pillar, so those grants left behind things that he can use. So the first place he goes, he finds this grant who was like a master machinist and built all these suits of armor and built this like amazing spaceship that has like laser guns and all kinds of shit, and it's really cool. Only problem is the centipede race that got the first pillar that got left behind. Yeah. They have uh, started creating this religion based around the pillar. <laughs> they've been spreading throughout the multiverse. Oh, wow. So they've been doing the same thing Grant's doing now, going out and killing other people that have pillars and taking them and then using the pillars like their god and spreading the word. So they've corrupted a bunch of different places. And like anybody that doesn't conform to their religion, they just kill. I like how so, he says, spreading the word. <laughs> right. So this, uh, this first planet he goes to, everybody's dead. Like there's nobody alive except for the centipede people. Wow. They killed them all. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm mad I didn't get a chance to read this one. I, uh, I love Black Science. It's it's really good, and it feels like it's right back on track. Like the story's a lot more coherent than it has been the last few issues. I actually have a better understanding of what's going on. Like this is a really hard book to read. Yeah, because if people are dying left and right, then you see another one come back, and then the girl dies, and right. they're like, "What the hell?" It's just it's not that it's convoluted. It's just confusing because if you're reading the trade paperbacks, I think it's probably fine because you're familiar with the the information and who's doing what and where people were left off. 
But if you're reading it on a month to month basis, you got to go back and read. You, you got to go back and read what happened before. And you really got to pay attention. It's just very complicated. It's such a complicated storyline, but um, time travel always is dimension hopping always is. So uh, they're doing as good a job they can with it. And I feel like this is setting them back on track to a much better story because there's only one character we're following now. True. I'll tell you one thing though about black science. Uh, I like how no matter what book it is, no matter who the hell it's happening to, whatever it is, there's always some part in there, maybe right in the middle toward the end of the beginning. It's like, just changes everything. Yeah, there's always like a what, what the, the hell? fuck moment <laughs> exactly. in black science. So now you're taking us this direction, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and the best thing about it, I mean, I, I love Reminder's writing. This is definitely one of his more complicated stories. But Matteo Scalera is hands down my favorite artist. And he just proves that to me every single time I see a, a book done by him. I like it. But there was a couple issues in black science here that I thought that he mailed it in. Really? I think because it was like so much stuff there. It was like... <laughs> Got <laughs> some lines here, some lines there. Okay, there we go. That's a body. Like, what? what the hell? Like he sneezed, sneezed what, on the page or something? Well, no, I don't. Okay, let me take that back because it sounds like I'm coming across like an ass. Uh, no, there was just too much action on the page for it to be really coherent, like you said earlier. It was just too much. I think that's just a, a side effect of the complicated story. But um, I, like I said, I love his art and I think it really lends itself to this story. Um, and I'm looking forward to reading more. Yeah. So sweet. That was my pick of the week. You racist bastard. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Uh, I want to remind anybody out there that has not yet supported us that there are some ways you can do that. Number one is by going to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash comical podcast, where you can choose to contribute any amount from as little as a dollar up to, I don't know, hundreds of thousands if you're <laughs> a rich millionaire who really likes the show. Damn, do we got ballers like that? I, I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, Seal Adams, donate some money. More. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's a monthly charge. You know, it's not per episode; it's per month, and it just—it's automatically done through PayPal. Um, every little bit helps support the show. Like we've got enough to cover our server costs now, which is great. Nice. So anything we get in addition to that is going into a savings account, which we're either going to use to Vegas. Uh, no. <laughs> no. We're either going to use that to um, create like a horse to sleaze costume, like we talked about, right. or publish the Horse Minions comic eventually. Um, we just have a lot of cool ideas, or even just use it for giveaway stuff. For like later in the year, like Christmas time, oh, okay. Uh, for maybe for our, our next DVD live tweet, um, so we got some cool stuff planned. But anything you guys can contribute really helps, and uh, you know we really appreciate it. The creating of the Aldo, sure. <laughs> hey, you know what? What's the other way they can help us out? Uh, the other way is by going to our Cafe Press site, which is cafepress.com slash comical podcast. I got something for that, and uh, we have T-shirts and mouse pads and all kinds of cool shit up there. What do you got? Really? All kinds of cool shit? Yeah. <laughs> no. And out of Shagging Times Day, we should have like women's shorts on there that like says, you know, hit this or shagging me, baby, or something on the ass, you know, like. That's not really that, that's not really that original. I'm pretty sure that's been done. I mean, you can go to Walmart and buy a pair of shorts that say hit this. Well, how about get one way <laughs> in the front that's like a pointing arrow and says horse sleeves has been here. Okay, that's probably not out there. <laughs> sleezing. Sleez no, no, you should have like sleezing in the front and pleasing in the back. Uh, we, we could make some merchandise that just says sleaze was here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, you think women would, take, would buy that? I'm pretty sure some dudes would buy that too. Nice. Oh, I just had a... Oh. No. <laughs> oh, why the hell did that just happen? I just had a picture of Lapine wearing these things. Oh. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know Sean the Shoveler's got to get one. Oh, the sleaze was there. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, but alternatively from those two, if you want to just donate to us directly, you can always just PayPal us money. Uh, you don't want to go through the hassle of setting up a Patreon or whatever. 
It's uh, comicalpodcast at gmail.com is our PayPal. So We need to set up a P.O. box, man, so people who are old school and just want to mail us in money, you know, they can just mail it to us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We, we have to make enough money to support the fees to own a P.O. box. <laughs> just have <laughs> mail it to you here at the house. Make it worthwhile. Yeah, I'm not really giving out my address to <laughs> Hey, man, you're, you're, a, you're a star, dude. You're writing a book. You know that little book you've been working on with George? You know the yeah, one I'm, you left I'm me out of? I'm familiar with it. Oh, I'm the not leaving you out. Have, the one you didn't let me get a part of it? You like kept me alone? Like, oh, I, I don't want Horsicles in this thing. He's out of here. I already told you there's a horse demon that's coming in issue four and that you're going to be a part of it. Yeah, but no, no, I was not in, I was not used as an inspiration for this book. I oh, you're being, used, you're being used as the inspiration for this character. <laughs> nice. For for sure. <laughs> oh, nice. We were like, how can we fit Miguel in this book? And I was like, well, we're having a bunch of demons. We're definitely going to have to have a horse demon. Is he a shagging demon? Uh, well, Miguel's going to be the caretaker of the horses at this ranch. And then a demon's going to come and possess this horse. And then some bad stuff happens. And uh, the two of them get merged in kind of an interesting way. What so. the hell? Kind of <laughs> the freaking zoo all over again. <laughs> Did you watch that? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> that shit is still wrapped. Thank you very much. All right. Anyway. Well, speaking of movies... Let's talk about the movie that actually matters this week. That's right. Deadpool! Finally. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and your nonchalant attitude about it. Ugh. Dude, I was so pumped up for this movie, I went and saw Wolverine Origins before I went. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see two good Deadpool movies. All right, so I, I'm going to say right now, before we get into this, that we are probably going to have spoilers. Spoilers! Uh, so if you don't want to hear spoilers about the movie, spoilers. fast forward five minutes or, or ten minutes or so, um, but honestly, with this kind of movie, there's not really anything you can spoil. Like it's it's a very streamlined kind of plot, and I mean the worst thing we could do is tell you some of the jokes that happened. But I don't think we're going to go into that kind of detail. We're just going to talk about plot points or things that uh, we liked or things they changed that were drastically different from the comics, that sort of stuff. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to hear any of this, this is a good time to fast forward. If you want to hear our thoughts, stick with us. Uh, you had to know that this was coming, and there's no way that I could watch a Deadpool movie and not talk about it. So Yeah, you wouldn't shut up. <laughs> um, so what did you really think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, honestly, I went into the movie, and I came out of the movie, and I was tired. I had initial feelings after I left, so I didn't want to say, you know what, I'm tired. Let me go home and think about it. I'm going to come in the morning and really, really assess what I saw. It was good. It was really good. It had funny jokes. It had gags. It had it, had it all. It had violence. True to sex scenes. I mean, what do you not like? I was too hyped up. I felt it let me down a little bit. I wanted more. Okay. Um, I didn't like the villain. I thought the villain was kind of a puss. I wanted to see somebody bad. I guess if they had like freaking uh, our boy over there, you know, oh, uh, uh, Mimicker guy. What the hell is this? God, I can't believe him. I'm <laughs> here, dude, please. I don't know who you're talking oh, about. Oh, my God. The guy right there. Taskmaster. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if Taskmaster would have been the villain in this movie, it would have been like, Holy shit. <laughs> but they were telling an origin story for Deadpool, That's which true. Taskmaster doesn't really fit into. Ajax is directly related to Deadpool's real origin story. It was okay. Ryan Reynolds was great, as you knew it would be. I enjoyed the movie. My boys enjoyed the movie. It was it was, it was was fun. Again, a kid next to me kind of ruined it a little bit because he mm-hmm. wouldn't shut the hell up. And I finally, at one point, says, you kick my chair again, we're going to have some problems. And he stopped moving. I mean, he did not move. He was a statue. I'm going to dick punch you like Colossus. <laughs> no, nice! <laughs> no, he actually switched seats with his brother. His little, he put his little bitty brother next to me. <laughs> Don't think I won't cock knock you, kid. <laughs> nice! <laughs> wow. <laughs> the cock knocker. <laughs> uh, I, I loved it, obviously. Um, I read the script a couple of years ago when it got leaked. Obviously, they changed a lot of things about it. Um, Cannonball was in that script, and they replaced him with Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Uh, the main part of it, though, the, all the major beats were basically the same. 
you know, you still got the Colossus and teammate, whoever that was going to end up being, yeah. working with Deadpool to go up against Ajax and some you know, supporting characters on his side. Well, shit, based on the movie, you thought Wolverine was in it. <laughs> well, okay, so in the comic books, Weapon X is Wolverine. Wolverine is Weapon X, which is number 10 yeah. inside of this government program that took mutants or people with you know different abilities and tried to enhance them. Uh, they, with Wolverine, they gave him adamantium. With Deadpool, who was technically uh, Weapon 9, they took Wolverine's advanced healing factor, amplified it, and then gave it to Wade. So Wade actually is supposed to be able to heal three times faster than Wolverine. That's really what his power is. And in the movie, he didn't really heal that quickly. Like, it took time. Um, sometimes growing back appendages and stuff fully does take him time. Mm-hmm. But, like, I guess I guess the bullet hole closed pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so bullet hole in his ass, too. Yeah, some, <laughs> stu- some stuff kind of worked in the time frame, frame that I thought it was supposed to, and other stuff was a little bit slower. But they completely dismissed the whole Weapon X program kind of thing, because they, they touched on that before in the uh, Wolverine Origins movie. Yeah, I was wondering how you were going to feel about some of the changes they made. Uh, in this, they tried to make it like a private company that was taking people with latent mutant abilities and then triggering those mutant abilities and then selling the brainwashed version of that mutant to the highest bidder. Dude, how fucked up is that? Um, <laughs> which, I mean, that's basically what the Weapon X program was, but it was government sanctioned and they weren't trying to sell them off. They intended to use them as their own strike force kind of thing. The government totally sucks. <laughs> so Ajax was part of the organization. I mean, he was an enforcer for a guy named um, Butler, who was the leader of this Weapon X group um, who made Deadpool. And Ajax was one of his assistants, one of the first successes of the program. Um, and, you know, one of Deadpool's first villains when he started his own solo series. The thing was, in the original script, Butler was a part of it, but they took him out for some reason and just kind of cut out the middleman and made Ajax the, the leader of this organization, which is kind of weird. I agree with you. He didn't really fit as, like, the criminal mastermind because he was intended originally to be, like, a thug, to be, like, the goon that worked for the criminal mastermind, right? Yeah. So... Uh, one of the funny things, though, that was in the script was the whole Francis bit. You know, I don't, I don't think that really came across as well as it did in the in the first draft. Because um, in the first draft, Ed Screen's character Ajax kept getting more and more furious every single time Ryan Reynolds' character said, "Hey, Francis." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he didn't really get super furious. Like, I don't know if it was Ed Screen's acting or what, but he kind of just let it slide. Like, he was a little bit irritated that he kept getting called Francis, but he didn't really play that up as much as I kind of expected him to. That was the only real problem I had with the entire script was that the Francis joke didn't work as well as it should have, and I think that was mostly because of Ed Crane's acting. Yeah. Um, that said, everybody else in the movie I felt did a great job. Of course, Ryan Reynolds was an amazing Deadpool. Like, he's perfectly cast as that character. I thought T.J. Miller was an amazing weasel. They changed him quite a bit, too, making him the, the leader of the bar where all the mercenaries hang out. Yeah. Um, that wasn't his role in the beginning. In the beginning, he was a computer guy. He was like a hacker who had the ability to work with machines and stuff. And Deadpool found him and kind of recruited him to make gizmos and gadgets for him. Um, and somebody else was the owner and runner of that bar. Uh, that completely changed. But I think they were, again, just trying to cut out the middleman and things like that just to make the script work a little bit better. I was okay with. Like, it worked fine with T.J. Miller being the leader of the bar. Especially that one scene where Ajax comes in and threatens him and everybody stands up to protect him. I liked that a lot. That was cool. Um, he got his name from Dish Soap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really liked Brianna Hildebrand as a Negasonic Teenage Warhead. She was really good. Uh, Stefan Kapichik was, in some ways, a better Colossus than the old Colossus. 
Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was buff. He was buff, <laughs> and he was very Russian, like way more Russian than the other guy was. Yeah. Uh, so I thought he was a good fit. Uh, Gina Carano was fine as Angel Dust. Um, that's a really weird character to get cast there, anyways. Like she's a Morlock. Yeah. And somehow ends up in that program, but whatever. They just needed some super strong character that wasn't really going to cost them a lot of money to use. So. And punch Colossus in the nuts. Gina Gina Carano. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have have her boob fall out. That was funny. <laughs> it's it's so beautiful. Why can we not see that? We saw the boobs at the strip club. Why can't we see that one? Because she's an actress, and they'd actually have to pay her. Oh well, what the hell are the girls in the strip club? Strippers, probably. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, Marina Bakarin, uh, she was just fantastic as Vanessa Carlisle. Um, I was kind of hoping that the movie would end differently than it did. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that for anybody that's listening, just in case you're going to get to the ending. But they did not go with the traditional Vanessa Carlisle ending uh, from the comics. Well, that's going to happen in Deadpool, too. Probably so. Um, but it's, it's going to be weird to make that happen the way it did after all the events of the first movie. True. Um, I liked the Dopender stuff. I thought that was really good. Uh, the fight scenes and the action and the cinematography in this movie were spot on. Um, that opening scene was just magnificent. <laughs> Directed by two fucktards. <laughs> yeah, like the opening credits, they're like uh, starring the hottest guy on earth and his uh, stupid Russian sidekick and uh, you know angsty teenage girl. <laughs> and, like they just gave everybody descriptive kind of adjective names instead of actually naming people. Um, and then of course the gags and the jokes. Uh, that Deadpool spouting while he's fighting all these guys were great. Um, the one thing that I love the most is that they portrayed Deadpool as the elite mercenary assassin that he really is. He didn't waste a bullet. Well, he, he wasted a couple, but it was in, on purpose. Uh, <laughs> well worth it. It was well worth it in his words, but he was lethal, man. Everybody he went up against, he just kicked their ass. The only person he had any kind of you know real combat with was Ajax because Ajax has no nerve endings and can't feel pain. And it's really hard to kill himself. So, you know, skewering that guy with a sword doesn't really do a lot to him. But other people, I mean, Deadpool was lopping off heads and arms and breaking fingers. And, you know, he even sawed off his own hand once, which was great. <laughs> Just so much of it was done right. Colossus kicked his ass. Yeah. <laughs> there were little nitpicky things that I, this, this is, I have to say, this is the first movie I've seen, a superhero movie that I've seen, that... I have not been able to keep myself from making the comparisons between the comic book version and the actual movie. Like, I see Batman, and I'm like, oh, I'm watching a Batman movie, and I'm able to just watch it as a Batman movie. I see X-Men, same thing. Like, Days of Future Past, tremendous amount of differences between the comics and the actual movie, right? Right. Oh, but, definitely. But I'm able to look past that when I'm watching that movie. I just enjoy it for what it is. Since Deadpool's so important to me and so personal to me, though... And since I've read through his stuff hundreds of times, like it's really hard for me to just not be aware of those things. But I do have to say, even though I'm having these thoughts while I'm watching the movie and and thinking, oh, that's different. Oh, that's a really weird way to go. Yeah. Like the X-Men trying to recruit Deadpool, for instance. Like the whole reason Colossus and, and Warhead are there is that they're trying to get Deadpool to join the X-Men, which is completely in contrast to everything that's ever been in the comics because True. Deadpool always wants to join the X-Men. He even goes and makes his own costume, and they're just like, fuck no, get that stinky asshole out of here. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want anything to do with him. And, you know, there were major, major changes. But even though I'm watching it and I'm seeing those major changes, I was able to ignore all of them and just enjoy it for what it was because it was so well-paced. The comedy was spot on. It had way more hits than misses. I mean, there were a few misses. It's funny you mentioned that the whole Joan of the X-Men thing. You just made me remember something from uh, 
<laughs> Deadpool Spider-Man. <laughs> Shikla makes fun of Deadpool for being part of the Avengers. She's like, but not the real team. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> I do have to ask people, though, because I was paying really close attention, and I was trying to see all the Easter eggs and stuff. I did not see a single Golden Girls reference in the movie. I didn't hear him say a single thing about B-Earther. No. And I, I know in the script that was a big thing. He said all that stuff a lot, and in the comics he does all the time. So uh, I might have just missed it. If anybody that watched it saw a B. Arthur reference or saw a Golden Girls reference, please let me know because I can't imagine they cut that stuff or they would have allowed them to cut all that. Yeah, we'll go watch it again. Oh, I'm definitely going to see it like <laughs> five or six times. The apocalypse. Yeah, whatever. Nice. <laughs> Actually, Evan's in there uh-huh. in one scene, which I thought was really cool. Um, there's a, a picture of Evan in the apartment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I loved it. I loved it so much. I, I give it a really strong A. It wasn't an A+. plus. It wasn't a perfect movie. But... It was something that I feel like anybody that's even a mild fan of Deadpool should absolutely see. I enjoy the smart assery, you know, because Ryan Reynolds is great at that. My favorite part of the movie, though, was when he's getting killing all those people and he goes to kill the last guy. He's like, Bob? <laughs> Bob is there like, fuck yeah! I was so happy when that happens. Like, holy shit. He doesn't kill him. He drags him off. Yeah, <laughs> you he just know knocks him unconscious and drags him Oh, my him God. I can't wait. Bob was a great Easter egg. The, the shield helicarrier was a pretty big Easter egg. Oh, yeah. I mean... And that one got spoiled ahead of time. Like people saw that in the trailers, but nobody was really sure that's what it was until you see the whole thing. But Shield Hel- Helicarrier, the downed one from uh, Captain America too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and don't forget to say to the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's two in credit scenes, and let's talk about that for a second. The animated in credits. Oh, that was the greatest. <laughs> that like, was so funny. I, I swear to God, I, I smiled for the entire two hours I was watching this movie. You're a jackass. I, I laughed a bunch. Of, <laughs> I laughed a bunch of times, but I never stopped smiling the whole time. Like no matter what was going on on the screen, I never stopped smiling. You know, that's funny. You say that. I was like watching the movie. I was. I mean, I got the jokes and I was cracking. It was funny. I don't remember smiling. I think I was so intense in the movie that I was like, I, I guess I was just soaking in. I could. Brayden next to me. Oh man, he was cracking up constantly. He was laughing and all the jokes and everything else. And I was just kind of like, really, I was eating my popcorn and drinking my, I was like so serious into the movie. I didn't even take time to <laughs> smile. <laughs> I was like, damn, I just realized that crap now. Yeah. I didn't laugh a single damn time, even though it was funny. Because I remember, the, I laugh more today talking to you about the movie at work. Yeah, because now you're remembering all the scenes. Well, I remember, it was funny then. I don't, I'm not saying it was shit. I just, I was just so into it. I, that's why I'm saying it probably let me down because I was too hyped up for it. You couldn't have been more hyped than I was. Dude, the Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they made a lot of references to Green Lantern, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. They made a lot of references to Wolverine Origins, which were also pretty damn funny. Have you seen this guy? <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you know, Hugh Jackman was... He had, he had a cameo of sorts. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stan Lee had a, had a cameo. And, now I know why that's his favorite. You know, I, I know why it's his favorite, too. <laughs> but uh, it was just... It was all around great, and I, I can't recommend seeing it enough. Uh, do not take your kids... <laughs> no, no. Um, it is definitely not a movie made for kids. I yeah, mean, the kid next to me was like five. There was like some eight or nine year old kid sitting in front of us, and like him and his dad were just having a riot, laughing at it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, to each their own. I can't say for sure that it's not appropriate for kids. I probably wouldn't care that much if it was my kid, but for the average person, somebody going in expecting to see just a normal Marvel movie or a normal—I yeah. mean, it's R-rated. You know, it's going to be more violent. You know, there's going to be more cussing and stuff like that, but. There's a lot more. Happy and, Valentine's Day. You know. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. There's, happy. there's a very gratuitous sex scene. Uh, there's a, a long strip club scene. Yeah, um, full frontal. Yeah, for, for like 12 girls. Yeah. And some of the deaths are extremely brutal. Uh, and extremely funny. Yeah. So, Squish. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, so probably not the best thing to take your kids to, but you know that's your choice. Yeah, that's true. And I'm so happy they didn't cave and make some stupid PG-13 version of the movie because it would have sucked ass. Nah, the boys liked it. They enjoyed it. It had to be R. Now, uh-huh. now that I've seen it in all of its glory, um, I can't even begin to predict what a thir- PG-13 version would have looked like. Uh, it probably would have sucked. My daughter's going tomorrow. She's excited. <laughs> not, a, not a true fan. That's what I told Bryfi. Bryfi was like, oh, I'm so jealous. I can't see it until tomorrow. And I said, you're not a true fan. Nice. <laughs> oh, my daughter is not going by herself. She's going with her fiance, so she has to wait. He had to work. Fuck that guy. Nice. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was going to stop me from seeing Deadpool. I could have bubonic plague, and I still would have been sitting in the back of that yeah, thing. Watching kill everybody the in the theater. Thanks, man. Hey, I'm going out with a smile on my nice. face. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh-huh. All right. Well, let's move on. It's supposed to be my week for Tell Me a Funny Story, but since we're doing this on short notice and everything, uh, I don't really have a good one. So I think we're just going to skip it this week, and I will tell mine next week. Wuss. Um, well, I just I want to make sure. I have one in mind, but I'm not 100% sure that I didn't say it before. So I want to go back and make sure uh, before I do. And then, because it's a, it's, a, it's a really good one, actually. <laughs> I just I don't want to repeat myself, you know. So I'm going to check, and then next week I will have a Tell Me a Funny Story for you guys. All righty, then. So let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. All right. What do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about some comics. All right. So May is a big month for variant covers for both Marvel and DC. Uh, For Marvel, they're doing the Horsemen of Apocalypse Month. They're going to have 23 variant covers where each title character for their book is going to be represented what they would look like if they were a Horseman of the Apocalypse. Huh. And there's a big uh, display of a bunch of them online. They all look really cool. Um, you know, there's the, they added Deadpool and the Punisher to the list today. Both of those look awesome. So definitely worth picking up if you're a big Apocalypse fan, I think. Uh, DC is also doing variant covers. Theirs are going to be in honor of the New 52 because 11 of the original New 52 titles are hitting their 52nd issue in May, like Batman and Green Lantern and things like that. So gotcha. they're doing an homage variant cover uh, honoring the New 52 and the fact that they actually made it 52 books. So nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, the whole 52 thing started as uh, 52 weeks, right? Yeah. And there was a book a week, and then the new 52 was, I guess, till 52 issues. And they're talking about that rebirth thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be the end and a new restart or what. Dude, I don't even know anymore. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm beyond frustrated with this crap. I, I think this kind of stuff is what drives more people to just like indie books. Yeah. Because they don't do that. They, they tell their story, and you know they don't always make it to the end because sometimes sales aren't there, but... It's not like they ever have a reboot. It's not like, it's not like they're going to be like Walking Dead, rebooting at number one. How the hell do you reboot that? <laughs> you know? Rick has sex with eight women, and it <laughs> repopulates the world. They, they retell the story from the governor's perspective and, or, or some stupid shit like that, or Negan's perspective. Like, there are no reboots in indie books. No. It, it only happens with superheroes. Mm-hmm. And it's just to sell more, more comics. Of course. So, Stick it to you. Yeah. And then, like I said before, uh, Scott Snyder is leaving Batman after issue 51. So that'll be the end of his run. Man. Hard to believe, right? I know. Man, I don't know what to say. That's a trip. If you, if you enjoyed Batman, tweet him and tell him how much it, his series has meant to you, because he's done a real good job. Yeah, but he's moving to a different Batman book, though, right? He's Where, moving to Detective, yeah. So you can have free reign. Can you imagine how that's going to be? Oh, I'm looking forward to finding out. <laughs> Is Capullo going to jump in and do a few with him? or uh, At some point, they're going to get back together and work on stuff, but probably not for a while. Huh. Still looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. So that's it for comics. What do you want next? Movies or TV? Let's do TV. Okay. Uh, you'll like this one. Okay. The Powerpuff Girls are returning to Cartoon Network. With Why the me. hell would I like that for? Mojo Jojo. Mojo Jojo. 
the city of Townsville, man. Oh, God. <laughs> no, Powerpuff Girls were great. Come on. Oh, yeah. They, they were actually really good. You series. can only watch so much of that. <laughs> like, uh, I remember as a kid watching a lot of Powerpuff Girls and just... I only watch it for Moto Toto. That's not a reason. It was one of the reasons I watched it. <laughs> but anyways, it's coming back. Huh. Cartoon Network's reviving it. Uh, new episodes are coming this spring, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, I thought you going to tell me it's on Netflix or something. No. <laughs> no. Speaking of Netflix, though, uh, Netflix did reveal the title and logo for their upcoming animated Voltron series. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it looks really badass. So it's yeah. called uh, Voltron Legendary Defender. Uh, I'm pretty oh. stoked for that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> freaking Tron. Yeah. Uh, Haley Atwell has apparently been cast as the lead in a new legal drama on ABC, which probably means the end of Agent Carter. Damn it. Which is unfortunate. The ratings have been really low this season, apparently. I don't know. I, I, like, I think this season has been great. I've really been enjoying it. Um, it's one of the few shows that I watch live. I mean, I watch like 50 or 60 TV series per season. <laughs> like, you know I watch a shitload of TV. Yeah, you do. Most of it I watch on my phone, at work, or... <laughs> You know, later in the stall. No, <laughs> that's poor bathroom etiquette. <laughs> but but very uh, uh. very few shows do I watch live. Uh, Agent Carter is one of the few that I do. So kind of a shame it's getting canceled. That's, I thought it's been really good. That sucks. Well, maybe she's doing both. Nah, <laughs> I think that'd be too hard. Probably. Yeah. Uh, we did see some some set photos from the Supergirl Flash crossover. Yeah, that looks kind of cool. Uh huh. Um, and I'm we excited. saw Supergirl show up when Flash was traveling through dimensions. Yeah, we saw uh, a lot of stuff in that dimension yeah, travel. A lot of cool stuff. So that, that's definitely going to happen, and it's pretty cool that that crossover is happening. So I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, and then the very last piece of TV news is that Jackie Earl Haley, yeah, uh, who's friend of ours, kind of a friend of the show, has been cast as white supremacist Odin Quinn who's the main bad guy in Preacher. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet, man. He'll play a great racist. Nice. <laughs> you know he's in, he's in Olympus Has Fallen. Uh, yeah, I did, say, I did see him in the trailer. That's going to be freaking cool. His career is kind of having a rebound or something. Like He's getting a lot more roles. He needs and, to. He's yeah. a good guy. He's a good actor. So, yeah. so that's it for TV. Give me some more movie news, baby. All right. So number one piece of movie news, Deadpool. <laughs> it made $12.7 million on Thursday. Is that it? That's the highest R-rated opening ever. Oh wow! Yeah, man. Yeah. So until Piranha 3D D D D D Unleashed comes out, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's 16 Ds. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, nice, sweet. Yeah, that's that's a pretty big accomplishment for a movie like Deadpool. You know, there's definitely demand for R-rated adults-only. I imagine heroes movies. like you'll probably go see it again, and they'll probably make oh, more money. They're they're estimating they're going to make somewhere between sixty-five and a hundred million, which is really good for an R-rated movie like Deadpool. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, the fact that that many people came out for the opening night for the pre- preview night or whatever, um, I mean, it was enough to get Deadpool two greenlit. That's what I'm talking about. So that's the uh, that's the next piece of Deadpool news. It got greenlit like the night that it came out. Freaking A. And it's Cable, man. And Cable's going to be a part of it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, X-Force is going to happen first, obviously, um, which is going to be a, some kind of team of, at this point, I'm guessing it's going to be Deadpool, Cable, Psylocke, Marrow, and then one other, maybe Colossus. And maybe Negasonic Teenage Warhead, too. Maybe, she's never been a part of the X-Force, but I can see throwing her in there just because... You know what's going to happen? It kind of makes sense. Bishop is going to show up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Bishop will show up, but... Um, Nimrod. <laughs> 
I'm just talking the core group. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of people they could draw from, but now uh, we kind of have a little bit of an idea. The uh, the inventor guy, uh, that's later. He's like Forge is later on though. Isn't yeah, he? Forge is later. Yeah. Still, X Force is gonna be a great movie. I'm looking forward to it. Man, it's a great guy to be a comic fan right now. It's absolutely the best time to be a comic book fan. So yeah, Deadpool two is gonna happen. X Force is gonna happen. Deadpool is gonna be a part of both of them. Ryan Reynolds is gonna be wearing that red suit for a long time, which makes me really happy. Yeah. Better uh, than the green suit. Way better than the green suit. Uh, let's see. We also got the final trailer for the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice movie. And I got chills the first time I watched it. <laughs> you showed it to me on your phone, and then I saw it at the theater. I wet my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Brayden's eyes were like big-time melons. He's like, oh, my God. See, yeah, hello. <laughs> that scene where Wonder Woman leaps is just... Holy shit. I, I thought Gail Gadot was a pretty decent looking woman in Fast and Furious. I she's kinda you know, she's kinda cute or whatever. Yes, one woman she looks freaking hot. <laughs> well just and, that, and she looks like she's gonna kick some major ass. That one line too is I've known women like you and she's like, You've never known a woman like me and then she you know, it shows her appear as Wonder Woman, that one scene we've seen before, mm-hmm. and then she leaps into the fight and you're just like, Holy shit, she looks amazing. I still like when Batman looks at Superman, she with you. I thought she was with you. <laughs> and, and that moment when Batman uh, blocks Superman's punch and Superman looks at his arm like, what the fuck? Yeah, Br- <laughs> Brayden kind of said, oh, I think he shit on himself. <laughs> like, I think Superman got scared. <laughs> Told uh, Cavill can act. That's probably never happened to him before. <laughs> no, but that was, that's good acting on Cavill's part. But really, the most impressive part of the entire trailer was Batman hitting Superman with the Batmobile. And then no, I'm just doing kidding. nothing. <laughs> doing nothing. That wasn't the best part. It, it actually kind of looked choppy. That was probably the worst part of the trailer to me. Best part is when he jumps in the building. The best part is when he attacks the building, and it's straight out of fucking Dark Knight Returns. Dude, he's crashing. And he's old, ripped, super strong Batman who's, like, punching people through walls and, like, hitting guys so hard they, like, do backflips and then crash into the ground. And, I mean, he is, like, just... I mean, I say, I say wiping the floor a lot, but, I mean, he is fucking grinding these people into the fucking floor. I'm going to use my line, man. He was breaking necks and cashing checks. Especially that one dude he threw in the crate. Oh, my God. Dude, first of all, if that's a stuntman, that guy's dead. That's that's the Batman <laughs> we want. That's the Batman we've needed for a long time. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Ben Affleck's portrayal. Somewhere he's going to go, where are you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> his, his Batman's a lot more believable than Bale's, I think. Yeah, I tell you, though, but you look at you look at him playing Bruce Wayne. Bruce, Bruce Wayne looks like he kicks some ass. <laughs> well, that's how he was in Dark Knight Returns. I mean, Bruce was ripped, too. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, I think it's great. I'm, I'm, real, I'm real excited for it now. Uh-huh. Like, I liked the other trailers, and I was like, okay, yeah, Batman for Superman. I'm, I'm not opposed to seeing it, but I wasn't like, like you. You were way more gung-ho than I was. Uh, this trailer did it for me. It pushed me over the edge. Um, I'm really looking forward to it now. It's like watching our animated cartoon now on live. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, one more piece of Justice League movie news. Uh-huh. Uh, the Flash movie got moved up. So really? its new release date is March 16th, 2018. Okay. And then the very last piece of movie news is that the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 movie, James Gunn came out and said that the movie's not going to have anything at all to do with Thanos or Infinity Stones. Really? Which is really weird to me. Huh. Guardians are like the one major link to the cosmic universe uh, of Marvel. So they're going to bypass everything that happened in the first one? They're going to do something else now? I'm sure they're going to tell a story about Star-Lord's father. Oh, yeah. That's probably, that's probably what it is. And maybe they'll come back. Maybe Guardians 3 will... Who knows? But, no, uh, by then, Thanos already... Yeah, never mind. But they're not it's adding weird. the Infinity Stones into it or Thanos, which I think is really strange. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. I think that would be like a good place to set it up, because I'm still not sure about the logistics of doing the Infinity War movie. Mm-hmm. 
like, yeah, it's broken up into two parts, but if you read Thanos War, the comic, like the two-part comic, and then the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, which I'm assuming is the one they're going to use as the you know basis for the movie, right? Thanos' quest is pretty long. Yeah. Like, he goes out and acquires all those gems, and it takes him a while. Like, he has to fight a bunch of different people. I actually like that book, and how it gets a lot of the... <laughs> I think it would make more sense to show kind of where the gems are before we get to that point. And he's going to pick us up right from there. I got these stones. Give us the stone. I got your stones right here. Whoa. <laughs> They're infinity stones. Nice. Keep, keep going and going and going. <laughs> <laughs> Until Gina Carano punches you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Megasonic man. Sonic Teenage Nuts. <laughs> hey, speaking of movies, the trailers, all the trailers. Let me let me throw this little bit of movie news out there. Suicide Squad, I, I, I'm torn, man. I, I, that Harley is still bothering me. I still know how I'm going to like it. I am going to go see London Has Fallen, man. Gerard Butler is going to kick some ass in that movie. But but the movie we talked about the other day, the day in the office, freaking Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. Born? What the freak? I don't know why they didn't just call it Born Again. <laughs> nice. Dude, I thought he was vicious in one. Oh, he's he's like way more ripped now. He has all of his memories back. It's going to be amazing. Ah, it's going to be off the chain. I'm yeah. telling you what. I, I've never thought Matt Damon is a badass, but oh, my Jesus. Did you see the trailer for Hardcore Harry? Nuh-uh. It's really weird. Uh, it's like an action movie. Like this guy, he, he gets in some kind of huge accident, gets really injured, and his wife's like a biomechanical engineer or something. And she develops these cyborg parts and rebuilds them and makes them stronger and faster. And it's kind of like the Bionic Man. Huh. And uh, <laughs> some people want her technology, so they kidnap her, and then he has to go and save her. So it's really like a damsel in distress kind of story, but it's an action movie. Huh. The interesting thing, though, is it's all shot with a camera from his perspective. Oh, wow. So the entire movie's in first person. Oh, that's going to make me sick. And like it's a lot of him jumping from car to car and off buildings and like oh, throw you know, flying out of planes <laughs> and sword fighting. And, damn Cloverfield shit. <laughs> but no, it's really interesting. It looks it's like not going to shake really, really? It doesn't really shake that much. It's very steady because it's from his head. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, but it's like I'm looking through his eyeball. Okay. It's like you're looking through his eyeball the entire time. Oh, wow. It's like watching it like a video game. That might be kind of cool, actually. It's very different. Like, uh, Go out there and check out the trailer if you haven't gotten to yet. Um, Get motion sickness. You know, pe- people are... <laughs> People are saying some negative things about it. Just to hell with people, man. But it it looks really cool. I think. Yeah. Advice to the people of the world: make your own damn assumptions on your own movies. Don't don't buy these critics or these other people. They say whatever. Now you go check it out yourself. Make your own decision on that's it. You know right. that's what I'm saying. You know, to hell there by a so called expert who makes them the freaking expert. Expert college. Nice. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but that's it. That's it for news. So I just want to remind everybody. Please go out there and follow us on our social media. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter, I am at comical podcast. And even though you haven't seen me in a while, I'm at comical podcast too. And those are also our handles on Instagram if you yeah. want to follow us there. Although we don't really post that many pictures. No, but I'm uh, baseball season has started. It's a little pretty soon. You'll be seeing a lot of pictures of my boy. And then track will be, you know, doing you see more pictures of that boy. <laughs> and then whatever I just feel like taking pictures of, you know, uh, Macaroni and cheese. Are you, you going to buy him some of those shorts? No, I'm not buying those shorts. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid ass. <laughs> trying to figure out a reason for people to go and look. <laughs> that was for women, dummy. Oh, boys can wear them too. No, no. <laughs> Horse the sleeves has been here. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. I was just saying. That's taking it back to that episode a while back. And we'll never talk about it ever again. <laughs> so anyways, follow us on our social media. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it. And uh, until next time, guys, keep on laughing, bitches. Ha 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 ha.